I love a good cheeseburger. Mm-mm-mm. And it's one of my favorite camp foods. I love it because I can cook it over a grill or in a pan. And, you know, there's so many options for toppings, for buns or not, uh, for extra, extra things to put on it, such as grilled onions or uh, different cheeses, different sauces, um, garlic, salt and pepper, all the, all the great stuff you can use to make a great burger. But here's the thing. If you get a couple of things right, you actually don't need any of that stuff other than the salt. I, I would say it, you can make a perfect burger with nothing but beef and salt. And I mean that quite literally. I've, I've been in, that, in a situation where all I had was the meat and the salt. I didn't have any buns. I didn't have any ketchup, mustard, nothing. Just, just beef and salt. And I can make a really delicious burger as long as the meat's good. And uh, I get the, a, a few steps right to cook the burger the way that I like it. And so I will share that approach with you now. Uh, there's a great company in, uh, I think it's on Vashon Island, and they are called Painted Hills Natural Beef. Now, okay, great. So if, if you're in, in the the Western Washington area, you'll be able to find that beef. It may be in grocery stores outside of Washington, you might find it in Oregon or Vancouver or something. But uh, the reason I mention it is because they raise perfect beef in my opinion, for kind of a, a common consumer use. It's hormone and antibiotic free. It's grain started and grass finished. And if you talk to any rancher, um, anybody who's not completely neck deep in grass fed beef, fully grass fed beef, which I don't care for, um, they'll tell you that that's the best way to raise cattle for for beef quality. And the reason for that is you get well, I won't get into all of the reasons that, that that makes for really excellent eating beef, uh, other than to say that the the grain finishing adds enough fat to the to the beef that it, it makes it delicious. So, anyway, uh, that's how at Painted Hills how they raise their meat, and it's just delicious. Uh, it's it's wonderful stuff. So, what I look for in my ground beef, I want the kind of the medium fat content which is somewhere between 12 and 18% or so fat. Uh, that's typically uh, chuck, uh, chuck roast ground. I, I think that fat content is required in the U.S. That might be a state-by-state state thing, but in Washington State, it, every beef shows the fat content. It'll be typically 9 to 16, 9%, 16%, or then very lean, maybe it's below 9 Anyway, whatever it is, I go for the mid-range of fat content because fat is flavor. So that's where I start with beef. I try to find that, you know, well-raised medium fat content beef. Uh, next, I keep it cold. Some will recommend putting your beef out on the counter and letting it get to room temperature. You know, we don't always have much flexibility with regard, you know, what is room temperature in a camper van, right? Or at a campsite. No, I just keep it cold and it, this works fine. I don't worry too much about that. So uh, refrigerator cold, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, now, this is where it gets interesting. The one mistake that is often made with regard to shaping a hamburger patty is you grab that piece of beef that you think is the right size, tear it off the 
the loaf of ground beef that you have and start kneading it, right? And I'm going to I'm going to really work this in my hands and get it uh get it heated up and and stretch it and 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 smash it and and then after I do that for a couple of minutes and I'll throw it on the cutting board and shape it into a patty. That's what makes the beef tough. And what we're talking about here is protein stretching. So uh, think about making a meringue, which is where you have egg whites and you beat them with a whisk until they are stiff and firm and fluffy, right? That's that's like a meringue for, uh, say, lemon meringue pie. Now, if you never if you've never done that, just take my word for it. You take egg whites, you you put them in a uh, you separate the yolks, you put it put the whites in a mixing bowl, you take a whisk and you you beat that with the whisk and then pretty soon it turns into something like whipped cream. And the reason that that, that works is because uh, egg whites are protein and you're stretching them. Well, they're getting stiff. And th- and that is what happens with beef when you overwork it with your hands. So here's how I do it. Now, I, I want to mention there is a an article on Epicurious. I'm not a big fan of Epicurious as a site for recipes. I think they're kind of cursory and lazy. They don't they don't curate very well. There there's a better source which I will get to in a minute uh, for recipes. So Epicurious says uh, stretch it a lot and pound on it and and get let it get warm. All the th- opposite things that I'm talking about. So. Don't, don't do that. What I do is I, I, I take the size of beef that I want off of the loaf and then I set it on the counter without working it with my hands or set it on the cutting board. And then I press lightly down while using my palm vertically on the side to compress the sides and contain the sides and make and shape it into a patty. I'm not um, smashing it. I'm not kneading it like Play-Doh or like bread. I'm just pressing it down and then pressing against the sides. Turn it, press it, turn it, press it. Uh, Switch hands. So now instead of one hand being pressing down on the top and the other on the side, switch hands so you can curve the hand that's vertical, you know, that's making the sides straight so that you get a nice round, uh, nicely shaped um, uh, hamburger patty. I'm laughing because I, I've been in the situation where all I had was hot dog buns. <laughs> so you don't always want it to be round. Sometimes you want it to be long and narrow. Um, you can make a great uh, hamburger with uh, that fits on hot dog buns. But <laughs> anyway, I digress. So that's it. I mean, as far as the shape goes, you know, just shape it and and don't smash on it. Really, all you want is for the beef to be adhered to itself and in the shape of a patty just enough so that when you pick it up with a spatula or even peel it off the cutting board, it doesn't just crumble and fall apart. And it doesn't take much compression if you've got a reasonably high fat content to get that patty to do to, to behave that way. So, okay, I'll move on real quick here. Oh, the site I was going to recommend is called savour.com, S-A-V-E-U-R.com. They actually have food professionals vetting and curating the recipes very carefully. They do things like go to specific regions and find famous recipes and chefs and then publish those recipes. And they're just really good at what they do. I highly recommend Savour.com and their cookbooks. But honestly, they have so many recipes at Savour.com that 
that uh, you really don't need to schlep around their cookbooks. I still have a couple of them in storage because they're so beautiful. But anyway, uh, moving right along, seasoning, uh, coarse salt and pepper. Now, other seasoning is a- as you wish, and if you desire, you can you can put hot pepper on there, or uh, chili chili powder, or uh, garlic salt, or onion salt, any variety of things that you want. But um, you know, if you've got good beef and you're cooking it right, you don't need to pile on a bunch of extra flavor. Beef tastes good, so keep that in mind and try it. If you're used to to putting a lot of stuff on your hamburgers, try a very minimal approach. I think you'll be surprised. So now what I do is I've got medium-high heat. What does that mean? Well, you've got to figure that out for yourself. You know, uh, high heat is uh, if you've got some oil in the pan and a touch of water gets in there, it explodes. You know, versus medium-high, it sizzles very loudly and pops. Uh, you know, like uh, basically... It's so difficult to get the the temperature of the surface of a pan the same every time. So you just have to practice medium high. Well, high would be full flame and blasting on, say, a gas a gas stove, or or absolutely the highest setting on an electric stove. And so you have to play with your own gear and figure out what medium high means. So here's a trick: uh, olive oil has what's known as a low smoking point or low smoke point. And that's because olive oil has some organic matter in it. And um, some oils have very high smoke points. Peanut oil is an example. You can get it napalm hot and it doesn't smoke at all. Olive oil or or butter, uh, both will burn at lower temperatures. But here's a cool trick. Take about a tablespoon of olive oil and about about a tablespoon to 1.5 tablespoons of butter and put them in the same pan. And what happens is the olive oil will temper the butter so that it has a higher smoke point. And that's pretty cool. And olive oil and butter together taste really good, especially if that's what you're going to cook your burger in at medium-high heat. So moving on, uh, timing. It depends on the heat again. Medium-high, about one to two minutes per side. And it also depends on how thick your burger is. If you're trying to do a super thick burger, you know, more power to you. That's great. About an inch is the thickest that I will do because I want a very consistent, medium rare cook through my high quality beef. So uh, you have to experiment with this for yourself. If you're one of those people who likes a two inch thick burger, well, you're going to get a rare, a rare core almost every time. So, uh, but that that medium high heat and the Minimum one minute each side will sear that outside surface. Now, over the fire, burger cooking is another discussion altogether, and it's tricky. And I don't want to get into it here, uh, but you can do it if you, as long as you've got a grate. Uh, I'm talking about a grate that is uh, over the fire, not not over the fire in a pan or a grill over the fire. So you can do it. Um, look up some information about it. I won't get into it right now. Maybe at some point I will. Um, so let's see what else. Okay, so some specifics for temperature. If you have a, an instant read thermometer uh, for food, a digital thermometer, medium rare equals about 130 degrees. Medium well is 135 to 140, and well done is 145 to 160. Uh, you know the the FDA and your local health. And your um, food handler's license booklet will tell you to not eat beef below 160 degrees or something. Well, 
that is a very well done piece of meat. And at some point you have to decide whether or not you're going to trust the the, the provider of your beef uh, to eat uh, medium rare or rare. And of course, rare would be 60 seconds or less each side and over medium high, always over medium high. Don't cook at low temperatures. That's, that will definitely breed something ugly, you know, medium high. It's, it's more about the time and the thickness of the meat. So keep that in mind. But yeah, if you wanted a rare burger, you could go for more like a 125 to 130 uh, internal temperature. Uh, I wouldn't eat beef below that unless you're into steak tartare, which is another other conversation. Uh, we won't talk about steak tartare here. <laughs> anyway, those are my tips for a great burger. Uh, cheese. I talked about uh, cooking tips for delicious power-saving meals, and I talked about uh, cheese melting point in that particular episode. That's number 36. Uh, it's an interesting topic, I think, if you like to cook in the van. Basically, the type of cheese you plan to use for your your burger. My favorite is a good cheddar, you know, a sharp cheddar. I also like uh, cream cheese on on burgers. I, you know, my perfect burger, it's probably, let's see, it's grilled onions uh, or sauteed onions. Uh, I will... Um, I will sometimes crush a clove of garlic and, and put it in the oil while I cook the burger. Uh, also, uh, rosemary, which if you're anywhere west of the Mississippi, I don't know about the East Coast, but it grows everywhere here. You can find it all over the place, and it's in the grocery stores. A sprig of rosemary in the pan while you're cooking. I like a very ripe avocado on my burger. I like ketchup. I like mayonnaise, and I like uh, Dijon mustard. And uh, by Dijon mustard, I don't mean Grey Poupon. It's, that's the most expensive Dijon. I mean one of the off-brands of Dijon, such as Trader Joe's, which is, cost you a third as much and tastes just as good. So, okay, that's Perfect Burgers in the van. Thanks for listening. If you have tips for cooking burgers or anything else, go ahead and shoot me an email at podcast at vansage.com. Maybe you have the perfect vegetarian burger and you want to talk about that. You know, if you're a vegetarian and you figured out a great burger, get in touch. I'd love to hear about it. I'm not into that, but I'll definitely share it and I'll definitely talk about it if someone else wants to bring it up. So yeah, podcast at vansage.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Campervan Podcast. The Vansage newsletter goes out every Sunday evening, and if you're not signed up for that yet, well, you're missing out. Packed full of valuable, fun weekly features, product resources, videos, photography, exclusive content, and other cool van life stuff. It's easy to get signed up, only takes a few seconds, and the link to do so is in show notes right there in your podcatcher app. And while you're at it, I have a quick favor to ask. Please take a few seconds to send that link to friends, family, post it to your social media feeds, etc. It really does make all the difference and will allow me to continue publishing this show. Okay, that's it for now. Take care. Have fun. I'm glad you're here. Enjoy the adventure. I see.